personal and business banking to residential and commercial lending, your business matters to Ocean First Bank, the bank that puts you first. Visit OceanFirst.com. It's 4 o'clock. From ABC News. I'm Mark Remillard. Tropical Storm Nicholas has formed in the Gulf of Mexico. ABC's meteorologist Dan Pack says tropical storm warnings have been issued for coastal Texas and parts of Louisiana. Our biggest concern from Nicholas will be the widespread threat of heavy rain and flash flooding in the coming days along the Texas and Louisiana coast. Many locations could see several inches of rain. Cities such as Galveston, Texas, up to Lake Charles, Louisiana, could see 6 to 10 inches of rain this week. And just south of Lake Charles, along the southwestern Louisiana coast, we could see rainfall totals topping a foot. That could trigger some significant flooding. This comes as New York Senators Kirsten Gillibrand and Chuck Schumer call for federal funds to upgrade systems used by meteorologists nationwide. In the federal budget, we will push to get just $30 million, $3 million for New York. They say the upgrade will help better predict and prepare for storms. The FBI releasing new details about some of the September 11th hijackers. The FBI has released a 16-page document showing the support given to two of the Saudi hijackers in the days leading up to the September 11th terrorist attacks. The pages were released on the 20th anniversary of the attacks and is the first investigative record made public since President Biden ordered a declassified review of 9-11 related materials. The document describes contacts the hijackers had with Saudi associates in the U.S., but offers no evidence the Saudi government was complicit in the plot. Derek Dennis, ABC News. Senator Bernie Sanders taking aim at Democratic Senator Joe Manchin for his opposition of President Biden's $3.5 trillion budget proposal. Sanders tells ABC's This Week Manchin's oppositions means the budget won't pass, but also the bipartisan infrastructure bill. The question you should be asking, is it appropriate for one person to destroy two pieces of legislation. Democrats say they want both bills passed together. Manchin has criticized the price tag. You're listening to ABC News. At CDW, we get that a cyborg assistant won't make your employees more productive from home. Please, call me, Brian. I can vacuum your dog. That's great. But at CDW, we can design a productivity solution with Lenovo devices that offer fast, reliable connectivity to help your people manage their workloads the right way. Can I have a human hug? Uh, no. For technology that moves you forward, trust Lenovo and IT orchestration by CDW. People who get it. Learn more at CDW.com slash Lenovo client. Staples Connect has everything for back to school at amazing prices. Right now, Crayola 12-count colored pencil bonus packs, 10 Plus two Crayola marker bonus packs and Staples pencil boxes are just 97 cents each. Plus, Staples three-ring binders are only $1.88. With savings like that, your student won't just be ready for school, they'll be totally prepped for the first day. Ready. It's showtime. Visit your local Staples or staples.com slash back to school today. Ends 918. Limit 30 except no limit on binders. Prices may vary online. News Talk 1400. WOND. South Jersey weather. A cold beer from Cape May Brewing Company tastes like vacation. So this summer, seek out their crushing it orange IPA, the Grove Citrus Shandy, tan limes, Mexican style lager with sea salt and lime, and the Bob Cranberry Shandy. Visit capemaybrewery.com to find a retailer near you. Beautiful to close out the day. Still a touch breezy with winds out of the southwest, but the winds will be calming down. We'll stay warm and muggy tonight with temperatures remaining in the low 70s, mostly clear. It'll be very hot and humid on Monday with plenty of sunshine. In the Longport Media Weather Center, I'm meteorologist Alexa Trishler. News Talk 1400 WOND, South Jersey Traffic.
And this report is sponsored by DuckDuckGo. Project your privacy for free with DuckDuckGo. And pretty much you can go almost anywhere on the Atlantic City Expressway from the Egg Harbor Tolls into Atlantic City and back. No major backups or delays. Of course, you're tapping the brakes a little at the toll zones, but no problems getting into or out of Atlantic City via the Expressway. Garden State Parkway actually moving along fairly well. Not seeing any huge problem spots from Cape May all the way up into the Atlantic City Expressway interchange and even beyond not looking all that bad things are moving well on the black and white horse pikes thinning out a bit on the black horse pike at the albany avenue bridge your life your hopes and whatever you are searching for at 1 15 a.m it's really none of our business and it shouldn't be anyone else's protect your privacy online for free with duck duck go duck duck go privacy simplified I'm Donna Bradley on News Talk 1400 WOND, South Jersey's News Talk leader. This is a message for the people of Cape May County. For over a year, we've been doing the hard work necessary to slow the spread of COVID. Over 60,000 county residents have been vaccinated, but that leaves about 35,000 residents left to get their shots. We've said all along that it's not over yet. Lately, our numbers have gone up, but they remain well below the highs we saw last winter. There's no need to panic, but you should be careful and mask up indoors when social distancing is difficult. We know that the more people we have vaccinated, the more we slow the spread of the virus. Please call the Cape May County Department of Health at 609-465-1187 and find out how easy it is to get the vaccine. Once again, that number is 609-465-1187. You can get vaccinated. It's easy. Be careful and get vaccinated so we can all finish strong safely together. Here's another must-see show at the beautiful Levoy Theater in Millville. On September 12th, it's the Glenn Miller Orchestra, the most popular and most sought-after big band in the world today for both concert and swing dance concert engagements. With its unique jazz sound, the Glenn Miller Orchestra is considered to be one of the greatest bands of all time. The present Glenn Miller Orchestra was formed in 1956 and has been touring worldwide ever since. Hear all the hits, including the smash hit In the Mood, Sunrise Serenade, Moonlight Serenade, Wishing Will Make It So, and chart toppers like Stairway to the Stars, Moon Love, Over the Rainbow, Blue Orchids, Chattanooga Choo Choo, and more. Tickets on sale now for the September 12th show at the beautiful Levoy Theater in Millville through Levoy.net. That's L-E-V-O-Y.net. Or call 856-327-6400 for your tickets today. Live from the Jacob Media Studios, it's Serving Our Nation with Dr. Paul McCullough on News Talk 1400 WOND. Be inspired, learn and understand the power of becoming a servant leader and transform your life while serving our nation. Meet those who have served our country. Learn about prosperity and overcome sickness, poverty, and despair. Serving Our Nation begins right now. Good afternoon and welcome to episode 29 of Serving Our Nation on News Talk 1400 WOND. 
I'm your host, Reverend Dr. Paul McCullough, and if today is your first time tuning in to this program, I just want to briefly share with you the heart behind Serving Our Nation. This is a program that is focused on encouraging people to become servant leaders, and my goal is simply to offer you hope and encouragement through stories of people each week that live their lives focused on servant leadership and honoring God. Because what I know beyond the shadow of a doubt is that when you do that, blessings just naturally follow as a byproduct of that. Not that we're going after blessings, but God honors when you go and serve and love and care for other people. Because at the heart of it all, every single person is given very unique and special gifts by God. And because of that, it is our responsibility that when we see a need, we are required we should absolutely feel compelled to go and fill that need to the best of our ability. And over the last six months, you've heard from dozens of guests who do that in all walks of life, the military, business, faith, community, and within their family. And just last week, you heard from Colonel Dave Davis and Justin Behrens. And if you didn't uh, tune in last week, I encourage you to go back and listen to last week's podcast. Colonel Davis was very much talking about the importance of mentorship and just being available for people and being able to pour into people's lives in whatever way that he can and being present. And Justin Burns was the most important thing that I heard from Justin last week. He said that the blessing he receives is changing people's lives. So, again, I would encourage you to go back and listen to that because it really warmed my heart talking to both those guests. So just a little bit about me that's relevant for this week. I have an opportunity to serve as a life group coach at Kingsway Church in Cherry Hill, and you'll hear more about what that is uh, because my first guest for today is Pastor Arlena Corzine. She's an executive pastor at Kingsway Church, and she's also the director of the life group program. And the other thing that's uh, important about me for today is I'm a big believer in the concept of networking. And so uh, a couple weeks back, I had on a different guest, and through connections, I was able to get Mr. Nicholas Hoyt. And so Nicholas is a dedicated volunteer in his community, and he was interviewed by the Washington Post because of the great work that he does. So when we come back from the break, I'll be joined by Pastor Arlena Corzine. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Tell me, is he good? He's good. Tell me, is he God? He's God. He is good God Almighty. Dr. Charles McCabe is on a mission to eliminate back pain while helping each individual achieve optimum wellness right here in the Delaware Valley. I was in such pain that I couldn't even walk. I would go to sleep and I would literally pull my hair from the pain. Since the day we came in here, I felt like I was in a place where they really care for people. It's not just a number. Do you have a bulging disc or herniated disc causing you back pain? Have you been told you need surgery? It doesn't have to be that way. Many of Dr. McCabe's patients with these same disc problems have found relief with his treatment. Do this. Go to CherryHillDiscCenter.com and find out your options. Stop suffering from back pain now. CherryHillDiscCenter.com When I came here, we started, my pain level was 10, of course. As weeks went by, my pain level dropped. As of today, my pain level is zero. As they take care of you, they make sure this is good for you. Stop suffering from back pain due to disc problems. Go to CherryHillDiscCenter.com. CherryHillDiscCenter.com. National Wreaths Across America Day is Saturday, December 18th. 
You can join in the mission to remember our fallen heroes, honor those who currently serve and their families, and teach younger generations about the value of freedom. A $15 donation to Wreaths Across America sponsors a fresh balsam remembrance wreath. These wreaths have become a symbol of America's respect for those who have served and no longer walk with us. Sponsor a wreath today. Visit www.wreathsacrossamerica.org. DelVal Insurance wants to save you 40% on your car insurance right now, and they will do it today. Here's managing partner Jim Mulebrunner. A lot of people pay a lot more premium than they need to, and they may not have the coverage to to justify what they're paying. There's no charge for the complimentary insurance review. You will save money and you will connect with a company that is an advocate, not a broker. Go to DVIGI.com or simply call Jim at 215-354-0122. That's 215-354-0122. I've met clients that think that I, as an independent agent, charge a fee versus going direct to GEICO or going direct to Progressive we do not charge a fee. Let DelVal Insurance save you up to 40% on your car insurance. Get your complimentary review. Call Jim Mulebrenner directly at 215-354-0122. 215-354-0122. Your savings are a phone call away. Chill or thrill, lazy or crazy, wild or mild. In the Wildwoods, you can do as much or as little as you like. There's five miles of free white sand beaches and 38 blocks of boardwalk excitement with amusement rides, water parks, shopping, arcades, and carnival games, plus great restaurants and nightlife. Everything you could ever want in a family vacation is right here in the Wildwoods. The Wildwoods are the best family value at the Jersey Shore, so start planning your perfect Wildwoods vacation today. Visit wildwoodsnj.com. That's wildwoodsnj.com. Ensure that you reach your weekend destination safely and on time by tuning into WOND's Total Traffic Reports. Heard throughout the day, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, exclusively on News Talk 1400 WOND. W223CO Atlantic City. Live from the Jacob Media Studios. It's Serving Our Nation with Dr. Paul McCullough on News Talk 1400 WOND. Be inspired. Learn and understand the power of becoming a servant leader and transform your life while serving our nation. Meet those who have served our country. Learn about prosperity and overcome sickness, poverty, and despair. Serving Our Nation begins right now. Welcome back to Serving Our Nation on News Talk 1400 WOND. I'm your host, Reverend Dr. Paul McCullough, and I'm joined here today by Pastor Arlena Corzine. Pastor Arlena, you on the line? I'm on the line. Great well, to be with you, Paul. And you. And thank you so much for taking the time out of your Sunday after church and all of your other commitments to be on the program here today. Happy to do it, man. Well, Pastor Arlena, you got a lot of different things on your plate, but before we get into any of your responsibilities and how you serve others, I think it might be a good idea to talk about your call to ministry, like how and when you first heard the voice of God that ministry is what he had for you. Yeah, I was uh, 16 years old, and um, I've been a Christian for about two years. I grew up in church, but didn't really commit my life to Christ until I was 14, and I was at youth camp, a uh, big believer and supporter of uh, youth camp. And um, there was a, a service that night, and they had made an appeal and said, if there's anyone here 
that you feel like you might be called to ministry, just pray and ask God to speak to you. And he did. I felt like I knew that I knew that I knew. I couldn't explain it. Um, I didn't have, you know, a dramatic revelation or a vision. I just knew that's what the Lord wanted me to do with my life. And I didn't even know what that meant at that time, but that's what I, that's what I knew. And then as uh, I got older and made decisions about college, God kind of directed my path. And I went to Bible college and directed my path further and, and got into ministry that way. So that's how it happened for me. So 16, so I, I have no idea how old you are, and I've learned to never ask a person <laughs> their age, but uh, clearly you've been doing ministry for a long time. But I, I wonder, like, was your family involved in this decision? Or, like, what did they say when you came back as a 16-year-old girl from youth camp and said, hey, Mom and Dad, I think I want to go into ministry for my life? Well, I think, I think part of them didn't really understand what that meant, you know, um, didn't really know what that looked like. Because I didn't know. I couldn't say, I, I know I want to be a pastor. I had a real heart for missions. I wasn't really sure what that looked like. And so um, they were supportive of my decision. They knew I wanted to go to college, and they were supportive of that. Right. Um, my dad really wanted me to get something, kind of a career to fall back on. But I sort of held my ground and, and said, no, I feel like this is really what I what I want to do. And I had to, I had to work to get get through college i had to rely on the lord to provide my parents didn't have the resources to pay for college Mm -hmm. and so um and it was hard for my family to be leaving because i i went to two states away to go to college and so i think that was harder on them i don't think they really knew or understand the ramifications of ministry i think there was some concern about financial security and my ability to provide for myself but um you know, and they just kept seeing God provide. I mean, God provided for a private school education for me, and many times miraculously, many times through hard work, working two and three jobs, but but but, but God provided. And so um, they were supportive in that they let me pursue that. So I'm grateful for that. Well, amen. I certainly agree with the idea that God provides, but I, I also know that, at least in my life, there was a lot of people that kind of, helped me grow and shaped me along the way. Like when I was a young kid as well, uh, I felt a calling to ministry and I had no idea what that would look like. And it took me many years to be able to get that sorted out a little bit uh, after going through the military. But there was a lot of people that helped me grow and develop. Did you have that same kind of experience where the people that kind of mentored you along your path of ministry, especially since you started so young? I did. I had um, I had a great youth pastor and his wife who really discipled me. I had um, some other ladies um, in our church that really took me under their wing and just poured into me as a 14, 15, 16, 17-year-old. Um, and then as I went into college, you know, I had some professors, um, some upperclassmen that poured into me, and it just continued in, into out, outside of college my first ministry assignment, uh, you know, an older couple that mentored me all along the way. God provided people that really spoke into my life and helped me grow. And I really tried to do the same. Um, I, I have a real heart for that because I was such a, a blessed recipient of it. So I've really tried to bring people along and mentor people at various stages of my journey as well. So I, 
I'm guessing that when you first started with your journey, you had no idea that one day you would grow up to become an executive pastor. But what does that role look like for you now? I mean, what, what, what's your primary duties as an executive pastor for the church? Yeah, that's a great question. I had no idea. Um, in fact, even probably well into my 30s, I had no idea what that looked like. Um, so my primary really roles really are around five specific areas in our church, but the role of an executive pastor is usually um, all around implementation and execution of the vision of the lead pastor. Mm -hmm. So you'll have executive pastors oriented more towards administrative things or more towards ministry things, but it's the idea of like, okay, this is what uh, the direction and the vision of our church is, and the executive pastor's like, okay, here, this is how we're going to make it happen. Um, I have the, the blessing, and, and really it's a unique privilege, that I get to do a little bit of both. So I oversee um, life groups, our small group ministry at our church. I oversee Kingdom Builders, which are our missions arm. Those are the two ministry-heavy components. But then the typical executive pastor administrative stuff, finance facilities, and staffing HR. So those are the five, I would say, big buckets that, that I carry in our organization. That, that, that's quite a lot. And how long have you been serving in that role? So uh, 2014. So uh, seven years, if my math's right, over seven. And in January, it'll be eight. So, yeah. So, I mean, I, I had never been in your shoes, but I would think that in almost eight years of ministry as an executive pastor, you've had to have some pretty tough conversations and do some difficult things. What, what would you say is the hardest thing you've had to do? Is it a funeral? Is it a conversation with somebody? What, what's the hardest thing you've had to do as an executive pastor? I think the hardest thing that I've had to do is if we've ever had to let staff go, um, if there's been some sort of transition with a team member, uh, whether it was um, their decision but um, or it was our decision. I think you know, when you are in ministry with people, I've never been in the military, but sometimes it feels very much like a, a foxhole mentality. I mean, you are, you're on the front lines of ministry with these people, yeah. and you're with them, and you're, you're together, and there's blood, there's sweat, there's tears. Um, and so whenever there's a separation, um, a separation under difficult circumstances is really hard. A separation under great circumstances. We just had one, a transition at our church from our lead pastor who stepped away um, for the best of reasons, felt like God was calling into something else. And even that separation was challenging and it was for good reason. So I think the hardest things about my role are the conversations where I've had to be a part of any kind of challenging or perhaps involuntary separations in that regard. That's been really hard. You know, I, I appreciate you sharing that because, you know, from the outside looking in is just somebody that gets to participate in ministry and help to lead Kingsway Leadership School. You know, that's not an aspect of your job that I've ever gotten to see, but I, I really appreciate you sharing that and, you know, what your foxhole looks like. But, you know, you also mentioned that a lot of people have poured into you. So I, I wonder from your vantage point now and your seat on the bus, if you will, how are you able to model servant leadership to all the people that are on staff? The, the good, the bad, and the indifferent. You know, I'm sure that you've got people that are really strong performers, maybe some not so great, some in the middle. How are you able to model servant leadership to everybody that's on your team? I think it's just, uh, in, in some respects, it's as simple as just, you know, every day you get up, you put your boots on, and you just kind of get after it. 
Um, and then there's opportunities that you're invited into and there's opportunities that you step into to mentor and to coach people. Yeah. So if there are people that I that are my direct reports and I have some regular touch point with them and I'm either helping them navigate something, giving them advice and saying, okay, you could do this or you could do this. What do you think? What decision do you want to do? And I'm kind of coaching them through that. Sometimes it's bringing correction even, okay, yeah, that was not the right thing. Um, here's how we're going to do it in the future. Um, here's what I want you to think about. But, but mostly it's through that. And then I, I have a lot of volunteer people that I pull in. I've, I've been doing a, a leadership development cohort with a, a group of women over the summer and just pouring into them because um, they all have a, an aspiration to step into a calling. They feel like God's leading them into something. They don't know quite what yet. So I'm saying, well, I've been doing this for over 25 years now. Here's some things I've learned. Maybe I can pass them on to you. So, so a lot of different ways. I mean, I, you know, our life group coaches, I try to pour into, uh, I oversee our prayer team leader, my, our mission task force, our team members. I really try to leverage every meeting to that end in some way. So oh. I don't know. I feel like I kind of went all over the place there. But <laughs> that's, that's really what I try to do. I, I, I'm, I, ministry is all about equipping people. So yeah. I'm always trying to equip people and help people be better at what God has called them and designed them to do. So um, always. And then I'm inviting people to speak that into my life as well. Well, you mentioned life groups a couple times and coaching, and you know I, I am particularly passionate about that because I get to serve on your team as one of your coaches. But I, I wonder, like, what makes you passionate about life groups? Like, why is that such a big deal for you personally? I really do think God uses providential relationships to catalyze our faith, to grow us in our faith. It's not the only thing he uses, but I really think everybody has a story about someone that has impacted their life and, and especially their life of faith. Yeah. And so, you know, life groups aren't the be all and end all of everything, but it's our attempt to curate or to invite people into an environment where that can happen for them, where they can rub shoulders with someone um, that can uh, become a friend, that then becomes someone that helps them grow in their relationship with God, that really is there for them in the midst of a moment, whatever that moment may be, good, bad, or ugly. And so I'm passionate about them because I just hear it. We had baptism Sunday on Sunday, and you just hear it again and again and again in my life group, in my life group. And I met some people in my life group, and I really believe God uses people to help people grow up in their faith. And um, he does that providentially, and I can't control that, but I can create opportunities for that to happen. And, um, and so I'm passionate about it. If I could make people do it, I would. I can't, <laughs> but I try to make it as enticing as I possibly can. I love it. Uh, uh, to, to get them in and be a part of it. And sometimes, hey, listen, sometimes it doesn't work. You know, you got to kind of keep after it a couple times. Um, it's not magic. You, you know, there's got to be some fit there and some affinity. And But when it does happen, it, it really is, um, it is providential, and, and God uses it tremendously. Amen. Well, I, I wonder, I mean, I've been with the church for about five years, and I think at any one given time there's somewhere between 25 to 40 groups going on, if I remember correctly, uh, things that we mm -hmm. talk about. But um, it, has there been a time from your foxhole as the life group director where God just really showed up and either, you know, maybe blessed a person or blessed you? Like, how have you been able to see God show up and really work in somebody's life, whether it be you or somebody else that's in the church? I think the, the most dramatic thing I've seen in, in a life group was 
um, early on when we did uh, an alpha life group, which is a, a kind of a well-known curriculum and a, and, and you're familiar with it, Paul, because you've, you've coached those leaders, but early on, somebody invited a friend to week seven of the alpha group. Wow. And which never happened. It was so bizarre. It like broke every almost life group rule you could imagine. But she came to week seven and that night God really touched her heart and she surrendered her heart to the Lord. Wow. And, and like out of the blue, like she was a complete stranger. None of us knew her. And subsequently was then baptized and became involved in the life of our church. And I think that was just so dramatic because it was, su it was such a God thing. You know, there wasn't like, we, you know, it was somebody that said, oh, I've been praying for my coworker, and I finally invited her to come, so inviting her to come to church, and she finally agreed to come tonight to Life Group, and I know it's super awkward, and it's week seven, but I didn't have an heart to tell her no, and then she comes, and she's listening to everybody talk, and she's like, you know what, I need God in my life, I, I need God, wow. and like literally, we led her to the Lord, like as a group, um, and it was just, it was powerful, uh, um, and that was probably the most memorable, dramatic thing, but I've seen I've seen a lot, but that was that's the one that when you asked me that question, that's the one that jumped to my mind. Wow. So. Well, Pastor Arlena, we've got about a minute left together, but you know, as I was reading your bio on the church website, it, it says that your favorite thing is helping people find and follow Jesus. So I, I wonder if you would just share with the listeners like why that is so important to you and why you, you have a passion to just wake up in the morning and do what you do every single day. I think because I think I lean a little bit more towards the follow side of that because I love to see people progress in their spiritual walk. I love to see them go deeper with the Lord. And there's just something about it. It's, it's precious. It's gritty. Um, it's real. Um, and I love seeing God's grace show up in those moments. And, and, and again and again, I love seeing the transformation that happens in a heart that was unselfish become uh, more selfless, that, that was selfish become more unselfish. And so I, I just love getting to be a part of that. It's hard, um, it's not easy, um, but, it's, but it's miraculous. It, it, it's like watching a miracle unfold. So I think that's why um, I'm passionate about it and why I love it so much. Amen. Pastor Lena, it has been such an honor to have you on the program. And you know, I got to tell you, it is just a privilege to be on different teams with you, especially the Life Group team and serving as one of your coaches. And I really appreciate you being on the show today. Thanks, Bob. Appreciate it. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you, Pastor Lena. All right. When we come back from the break, I'll be joined by Mr. Nicholas Hoyt. So stay with us. We'll be right back. issued for coastal Texas and parts of Louisiana as Tropical Storm Nicholas has formed in the Gulf. ABC's meteorologist Dan Peck. Flash flooding from Nicholas is the biggest concern for the city of Houston. We now have a flash flood watch in effect there and for more than 8 million people along the Texas and Louisiana coast. Nicholas is expected to become better organized and strengthened over the next 24 to 36 hours as it closes in on the southern coast of Texas. Many businesses with over 100 employees are preparing to implement vaccine requirements following President Biden's policy announcement last week. Surgeon General Vivek Murthy says vaccine mandates are effective. We know that these kind of requirements actually work to improve our vaccination rates. Tyson Foods, for example, 
which put in a vaccine requirement recently, saw that its vaccination rate went from 45% to more than 70% in a very short period of time, and they're not even at their deadline yet. At least seven states are at or near ICU capacity. Mark Remillard, ABC News. News Talk 1400, WOND, South Jersey weather. A cold beer from Cape May Brewing Company tastes like vacation. So this summer, seek out their crushing it orange IPA, the Grove Citrus Shandy, tan limes, Mexican-style lager with sea salt and lime, and the Bog Cranberry Shandy. Visit capemaybrewery.com to find a retailer near you. Beautiful to close out the day. Still a touch breezy with winds out of the southwest, but the winds will be calming down. We'll stay warm and muggy tonight with temperatures remaining in the low 70s. Mostly clear, it'll be very hot and humid on Monday with plenty of sunshine. In the Longport Media Weather Center, I'm meteorologist Alexa Trishler. W223CO Atlantic City. There's more to explore than ever before with Caesars Entertainment's Atlantic City Resorts. From world-class shopping and dining to exciting nightlife and entertainment, Caesars Atlantic City, Harris Resort, and Tropicana Atlantic City have it all. Join AC's Best Players Club, Caesars Rewards, today and start earning and redeeming rewards while you play, dine, shop, and do whatever you love. For more, visit Caesars.com. Must be 21 or older to gamble. Know when to stop before you start. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Chill or thrill, lazy or crazy, wild or mild. In the Wildwoods, you can do as much or as little as you like. There's five miles of free white sand beaches and 38 blocks of boardwalk excitement with amusement rides, water parks, shopping, arcades, and carnival games, plus great restaurants and nightlife. Everything you could ever want in a family vacation is right here in the Wildwoods. The Wildwoods are the best family value at the Jersey Shore, so start planning your perfect Wildwoods vacation today. Visit wildwoodsnj.com. That's wildwoodsnj.com. Dr. Charles McCabe is on a mission to eliminate back pain while helping each individual achieve optimum wellness right here in the Delaware Valley. I was in such pain that I couldn't even walk. I would go to sleep and I would literally pull my hair from the pain. Since the day we came in here, I felt like I was in a place where they really care for people. It's not just a number. Do you have a bulging disc or herniated disc causing you back pain? Have you been told you need surgery? It doesn't have to be that way. Many of Dr. McCabe's patients with these same disc problems have found relief with his treatment. Do this. Go to CherryHillDiscCenter.com and find out your options. Stop suffering from back pain now. CherryHillDiscCenter.com When I came here, we started, my pain level was 10, of course. As weeks went by, my pain level dropped. As of today, my pain level is zero. If they take care of you, they make sure this is good for you. Stop suffering from back pain due to disc problems. Go to CherryHillDiscCenter.com. CherryHillDiscCenter.com. W223CO Atlantic City. Live from the Jacob Media Studios. It's Serving Our Nation with Dr. Paul McCullough on News Talk 1400 WOND. Be inspired. Learn and understand the power of becoming a servant leader and transform your life while serving our nation. Meet those who have served our country. Learn about prosperity and overcome sickness, poverty, and despair. Serving Our Nation begins right now. Welcome back to Serving Our Nation on News Talk 1400 WOND. I'm your host, Reverend Dr. Paul McCullough, and I'm joined here today by Mr. Nicholas Hoyt. Nicholas, you on the line? Yeah, hey, how are you? Hey, thank you so much for taking the time out of your Sunday and your busy schedule to be on the program here today. I really appreciate it. Yeah, sure, no problem. Hey, well, listen, uh, I, I was really impressed by 
the article that was written about you in the Washington Post and, you know, just reading your bio and all the different things that you've done. But before we get into your activities, if you will, I think it would be really good if you would share with the listeners, like your call to serve others, like why you feel a, a compulsion or a desire to volunteer in all the different ways that you do. Um, well, it's really, uh, you know, I, I grew up in a household where we had lost my father and siblings at uh, young ages to heart disease. And we had such an amazing support system with our family, my mom's siblings, my dad's siblings, their parents, uh, you know, as well as some neighbors and others. It really helped keep us in the straight and narrow that folks we could never ever pay back. Yeah. So the best we could do is really just pay it forward. Um, and it, it wasn't something that you know, I started doing immediately. It was something that just kind of gradually has built up over the last, I'd say, eight to ten years. So eight to ten years is when you started with all the different activities that you're doing now. Is that right? I'd say so, yeah. I mean, it, I think uh, – you know, part of it ties into you know, the company I work for uh, has always been very big on community efforts, and they would give us a couple days a year, two days a year, to go volunteer in the community. And mm-hmm. uh, I started to tie in uh, dates, you know, you know, anniversaries of my father or brother or sister, uh, as a way to sort of honor their memory or, or to do something positive in what was traditionally a day of mourning. Yeah. And then as I started getting more involved with things in the community or things that involve my family, uh, I noticed how certain things work and how to get things going and uh, how to achieve the results or the, desi- or the desired results of what I was trying to accomplish. Right. Uh, so it was just kind of been a growing thing, and I would say just for a round number, maybe eight to ten years now, yeah. And so, you know, in this journey that you've had for eight to ten years, I, I don't know if uh, you're a deep person of faith, but would you say that God has prepared you in some way for the work that you're currently doing? Or are, are there things that, you know, maybe circumstances in your life uh, where you've been maybe groomed for what you're doing now and how you're leading and serving others? Well, I, I think my, my faith in God certainly relies on uh, how well the Philly bullpen is Forming each night, <laughs> um, but no, I think uh, I think with any element, there's certainly uh, an aspect of faith. You know, you have to have faith that your idea is good, that the end game is good, and that the people that you're going to work on and rely on to help move this project forward uh, has the same belief, the same passion for it. Yeah, uh, and. You know, a lot of that comes with just a general uh, your your own upbringing, your own uh, your own stock, and you see what you want to accomplish in, in these other folks that they have that shared passion, and you're able to move forward on it. And I, I think a lot of the projects I've chosen over the years, you know, it's not always the same people helping me. You know, if with the different endeavors, it's usually, hey, you know what, this person is really passionate in this field. Let me see if they'd be interested in helping me on this project and so on. Right. That's great. Well, I noticed when I was looking at the bio sent me in the article, uh, you have a really beautiful family in that picture. So I, I wonder if you would just share with us uh, the ages of your children and how long you've been married. 
Yeah, so uh, this fall, uh, my wife and I will be married for 15 years. Uh, we have a 14-year-old, an 11-year-old, and a four-and-a-half-year-old. Wow, that, that's a pretty big gap there. I, yeah, I'm, well, you don't really, uh, you don't really plan on having, you know, two kids in middle school and then one in daycare. But yeah. If you want to make God laugh, tell him your plan, right? <laughs> I certainly heard that before. Well, you know, at least in my experience, Nicholas, there's a lot of guys. Um, that are fathers, right? Like anybody can father a child, but it takes a special kind of guy to really be a dad to kids. And in the article that I read and in discussions that you and I have had, it definitely seems to me like you are very much an engaged dad and a husband as well. So I, I wonder, like, what makes family so important to you that you really put the effort in to engaging your family and doing things with and for your family? Well, I think it starts with, you know, I, I couldn't do a tenth or one hundredth or one thousandth of, of any of the stuff I do without the support system of my wife and kids. Uh, they, they may not necessarily see or hear of the specific projects uh, or, or be on board with, uh, but having accomplished some of what I had done already, yeah, uh, seeing the passion that they certainly uh, – I don't get in my way. I, I don't want to say it like that, but yeah, they're, they're supportive in, in that in, uh, in that effort. You know, as a child, having those 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 losses that we did, uh, my my grandparents uh, were amazing. Uh, both my grandparents uh, they had five children, uh, and when they wanted to have more, they were were told they couldn't, so they adopted. Wow. And then when they went to adopt, again, they found out the kid had siblings. They didn't want to break up the family, so they adopted a whole family of four. Wow. Then they had another kid. They had a kid unexpected. Then they had another kid unexpected. Oh, my gosh. They, again. they adopted a family of five. But at the end, when it was all said and done, they had 19 children. Holy smokes. And that's your grandparents? Yeah, my mom's the oldest, seven biological, 12 adopted. Uh, and, and they were older kids, too, with the exception of one. Uh, one was adopted in infancy. The other, uh, the other children were all older children. And they had noticed uh, some uh, inefficiencies in Pennsylvania's adoption processes. And they worked with the local state senator, who eventually got uh, legislation through. And there's a picture. I wish I would have sent that to you as well of me probably as a toddler uh, in a boardroom with Governor Thornburg and uh, the state senator and then my grandparents and some other family members, uh, mid-1980s, as they had, uh, had pushed this legislation through. So to, to have the amazing efforts and advocacy for adoption that my grandparents had, uh, and then just the legacy of, of them instilling with us you know, helping out family when needed or others when needed. You know, with all those people in the house, and it wasn't uncommon for one of my aunts or uncles to bring a friend over. Grandma was notorious for, oh, well, what's one more mouth to feed? You know, when there was, some, when there was a, a meal being made, wow. you know, set to set the plate. And so we really grew up in such an amazing culture, uh, almost isolated, I will say, you know, from others, but where we had this big family, this big extended family that for the better part of my childhood, uh, even after dad's passing, especially after dad's passing, 
that we're always around. Wow. Well, um, clearly, family is really important to you. And uh, one thing that I was really struck by uh, when I was reading the article about you is how you've honored the memory of your father and your sister and your brother through some of the different activities that you've done within your community. So would you just briefly unpack that for the listeners of how you were able to do that and honor the memory of your family without it being, you know, maybe uh, known to the public, if you will? Uh, yeah, so uh, my father passed away uh, Valentine's Day, 1990. He was only 33 years old. Uh, we had lost a sister a few years earlier to congenital heart defect. She was only a few weeks old. Wow. And at the time of dad's passing, mom was pregnant with a fifth child who was uh, heart defect was detected in utero, and that child lived for only two months. So here it was, the summer of 1990. Mom's just turned 30, and she had a husband and two kids in the ground, as well as three kids uh, that were heading. None of them were in middle school yet. Yeah. Um, and so we had this great network of family that really helped keep us, for all intents and purposes, on a straight path. Right. When we got to adulthood, you know, there, there was an opportunity as we reached a you know, my father's 25th anniversary to do something special. So we went and had a clothing drive, uh, you know, just to, just to do something in his memory. And it was great. We had a really good turnout. And it was a fun time. Uh, about eight, 16 to 18 months passed, and we realized, you know, let's do something again. When we were kids, Grandma and Grandpa took us to Phillies games all the time. And when they took us to the Phillies games, it was a great bonding experience uh, for us to hang out with them and it took our minds off of you know, the troubles of what was going on. Even if we saw some lousy baseball, say for 1993, <laughs> really terrible baseball, we got to hang out. Grandma, grandpa, us. Uh, so we thought it would be a great idea is if we were to have a fundraiser and with the money we raise, we'll buy the season ticket package, you know, Sunday package for the Phillies. Yeah. And, uh, I came across an organization that was founded by former Phillies pitcher Jamie Moyer uh, and his wife, uh, Karen. Uh, it was called the Jamie Moyer Foundation. And they had a camp called Camp Aaron. Uh, when Moyer pitched in Seattle, uh, he was visiting Seattle Children's Hospital, and he had met this uh, terminal case cancer patient named Aaron, who, when the Moyers talked to her, all she could worry about was her siblings. And then when Aaron passed away, uh, the Moyers were willing to do something, and they started this camp in her memory for bereavement. Because you know, there's plenty of kids out there who are grieving the loss of a loved one, and children just grieve in a completely different manner yeah. than adults. Uh, so this group uh, is now nationwide, and it's been around for 20-some years now. Uh, and uh, they now called Aluna, by the way, E-L-U-N-A. And uh, this group... Uh, has a camp in pretty much every major uh, major league baseball city, and we were able to partner with them and donate the tickets we purchase to this uh, organization. And with the tickets, we also give them uh, we cover the parking, and we try to cover uh, give as much money towards concession vouchers as possible. That once they get into the ballpark, it's one thing just to give them tickets, but when they get in there. 
you know, we at least give them 50 dollars $70 to cover, you know, because little Johnny's going on ice cream. Susie's yeah, going to yeah. want a, a, a soda. So whatever we can do to help offset that condition, enjoy the afternoon. Bond with your loved ones in memory of, of, uh, of, of the one you're missing and, and do that in honor of, of dad. Uh, you know, for us, it's a dad, we call it dad team. I love it. And, you know, I, I, I know in talking to you offline, um, all the things that you do, like you're not a guy that's looking for credit, but, you know, you've been honored a number of times. There was articles written in, about you in the Washington Post, and other people have said a lot of good things about you. But, you know, something that really jumped out at me when I was reading that article is the last line in there, and it's something that resonates with me very much. And you said, well, I believe that when you see a need, you have to fill a need. So we've got about two minutes left, but I wonder if you would share with the listeners why that's so important to you, even though you're not a guy that's chasing after blessings and you're not chasing after newspaper products and things like that. You're always looking to fill a need wherever you can. Yeah, I, I think it's really, it's, you know, I sit on the board for our local Little League, Drexel Little League, and one of the things that we have, uh, we have in front of us, if you have a good idea, it's one thing to have a good idea, but it's nothing to implement it. So you really have to come in with a full plan. And so, you know, there, there's been some things such as we've had uh, uh, a Jackie Robinson night recently where I really felt that it was a great opportunity for us to educate the kids about Jackie Robinson and the Negro Leagues uh, and, and the integration of baseball. And so it really took a, a yeoman's effort of, from a, across the board to really get something going where we had the kids have special uniforms that night uh, honoring the Negro League. They were all to wear number 42. Uh, you know, and it was sort of a, I thought it was a need to, to do that. And it was something that was an opportunity for this organization. Uh, you know, there was another time you know, when I, getting back to honoring uh, family members, when I had done uh, a volunteer event just for the sake of the date, you know, it was around the time of either my brother or sister's anniversary, I was at a, uh, a shelter that uh, helped homeless, and one of the things they mentioned was how there were always, you know, bags and stuff. They would sleep over at a shelter, and someone might steal their bags, or they might forget their bags or misplace it somewhere. And so at the end of the school year, you know, usually my kids, when they get a new school year, they get a new school bag. So I'd reach out to our school district, and I said, hey, listen, you know, can we ask our, the students of the district, if you're not using your school bag, maybe, you know, I'll come around, I'll collect them. You know, just leave them in the school lobby, I'll come around and collect them, and we'll give them to, uh, you know, the local homeless shelter. Uh, so it was a need that wasn't, uh, that was just, was just there, it was presented to itself that I thought was a great opportunity. Uh, obviously, last year didn't help with COVID because nobody really did the school bag. Uh, but, you know, you have that. You know, then there's cleanups, you know, neighborhood cleanups. When we had an incident earlier this year where there was a dumpster floating down Darby Creek, and a friend of mine who was uh, an environmentalist, she, she knew that I was active in helping do cleanups, and she knew I had some folks in mind and uh, that were helpful. You know, we just kind of put out an APB, say, hey, who, who's available on this day, you know, uh, over at Panock Wood, we'll bring, bring some warm clothes, and uh, it's, it'll be a challenge. But we had about a dozen people come together because uh, there was a need to get that dumpster out before it washed downstream or did even worse damage. Uh, and 
we just felt it was incumbent to get it out. And it's just all it was. Nicholas, I, I love it. And, you know, personally, the work that you're doing is inspiring. And I told you before, and I'm going to tell you again, you know, I would love to be able to partner with you in whatever way possible because I completely agree with that idea. When we see something, when we identify a need, we need to do what we can to fill that need. And I want to thank you so much for being on the program today and spending your time talking to the listeners about how they can be a blessing to other people and reach out and serve other people in whatever way that they can. Just, you know, in their local backyard and help them with backpacks and all the different things that you listed. So thank you so much for taking your time today. Absolutely. Charity starts at home, right? Amen. Amen. Thanks again, Nicholas. All right, have a good one. All right, when we come back from the break, we're going to reflect on the lessons of servant leadership that we've heard from today's guest. So stay with us. We'll be right back. When I'm down in the valley, under the shadow of death, I know you are with me. You are my very breath. Delval Insurance wants to save you 40% on your car insurance right now, and they will do it today. Here's managing partner Jim Mulebrunner. A lot of people pay a lot more premium than they need to, and they may not have the coverage to to justify what they're paying. There's no charge for the complimentary insurance review. You will save money, and you will connect with a company that is an advocate, not a broker. Go to DVIGI.com or simply call Jim at 215-354-0122. That's 215-354. If you're interested in connecting with Dr. Paul McCullough or interested in being featured on the show, Contact Jacob Media Partners via LinkedIn. Now, back to Serving Our Nation. And welcome back to Serving Our Nation on News Talk 1400 WOND. I'm your host, Reverend Dr. Paul McCullough, and as we close out today's show, let's think about what we've heard from our guests. Such incredible words of wisdom from the two people that we had on today. Listening to Pastor Lena, I, I really love some of the things that she said, especially this idea she talked about how God provides if you just follow the call that he's put in your heart. And she said that her family wasn't able to uh, help financially with college, which is the case for so many people, but she still followed the call to ministry and God was able to provide for her to go to a school and to do it well and just showed up in so many ways. And then when she was unpacking, you know, her job as executive pastor, and why she does it. I, I loved how she said, well, you just get up every day and you put your boots on. You put your boots on and you do what God has called you to do because she said everyone has a story. And when you really take the time to listen to that person's story and to help them understand who Jesus is and how that can change your life. I love how she talked about the one life group where somebody showed up towards the very end of the life group semester and experienced life change just in that moment because somebody was willing to pour the time into them, was willing to listen to their story. And I think one of the best things she said is, you know, ministry is precious, but it's also gritty and it's real. And what gets her up every day in the morning is helping people to follow Jesus Christ. 
And to me, that that was just so moving because, you know, I know from working with her and observing what Pastor Alina does, being an executive pastor is not easy. And there's a lot of weight on her shoulders. And you heard her talk about the five areas that she's responsible for. But she has the ability and opportunity to change people's lives just by listening to their story and getting up and putting her boots on. I love that. And then Mr. Nicholas Hoyt is absolutely no stranger to serving either. I loved how he talked about what really has compelled him to live a life of serving others is honoring his family. He talked about how he lost his father and his brother and sister at a young age, and that has put him on a trajectory where he wants to pay it forward. So think about that in your own life. How often can you do something to pay it forward? We may not have all gone through the very unfortunate circumstances and tragedy that Nicholas did with losing family members so quickly and in a time span together and, you know, really close family members, but we can still pay it forward. We can honor people that have gone before us. You heard him say that he does a lot of what he does to honor the legacy and the memory of his father and his brother and his sister. And I I loved how Nicholas talked about serving starts at home. So what can we do as individuals? What can we do in our own family? What can we do in our school, in our community, just to honor our spouse and our children? Whether they're living or if they've passed, you can still honor them by being that person that's out there leading by example and loving and serving others. So thankful to have these guests on this past week. Such words of wisdom. Listen, each week I talk to you about putting good into the universe and how it comes back to you. And I I think this is really appropriate for this week because, you know, Nicholas talked a lot about his family and serving starts at home. And I could not agree with that more. And, you know, I think I've shared with you a couple times in the past. I have two kids of my own. My son is 17 years old. My daughter is 13 years old. They were actually guests on this show a couple of months ago. And over the last 17 years, I have spent so much time, energy, financial resources. I, I've given everything that I possibly can to my kids, as I'm sure many other people have. But the blessing that's come back to me is, you know, just this past week, my kids went back to school as did many other children, now that uh, coronavirus has calmed down a little bit, at least to the point where children are going back to the classroom, I was so impressed and just really felt blessed about the growth that I've seen in my children, the maturity that I've seen in my children, that they can get themselves up without me having to say anything to them. They can get themselves ready for school. They give themselves breakfast. They take care of their homework. They do their chores. They do all the things that they're supposed to do without mom or dad having to stand over their shoulders. And not only is that helpful for our family, but that means that they're going to carry that forward into their college life and their adult life. And they're going to know that they have to take care of not only themselves, but they have to take care of other people and serve other people by doing you know, chores and helping where they need to. And again, filling that need. So it's just such a blessing to me this past week to be able to see my children grow and develop. And I hope the same is true within your family. Listen, for next week, I have two more tremendous guests to come on the show. First is Dr. Ken Hartman. 
He's the former president of Drexel University Online, and he's also the founder of an organization called Our Community Salutes. In the second half, I have Father Jim Drucker. He's a Catholic priest of the Byzantine Rite, and he's also a chaplain for a local VFW, Veterans of Farm Wars. So I'm really excited to have them on next week. I want to remind you to sign up for my Spotify and Apple Podcast mailing list, and you can do that through my website at reverenddrpaul.com. That's R-E-V-D-R-Paul.com. I want to encourage you to check out the show tab on my site for previous episodes of this program as well. Finally, as you go about your week, no matter where you're at or what you're doing, always ask, how can I help? Thanks for listening, and join us again next week. W O 